Welcome into the UGA Football Live podcast. I'm your host, J.C. Shelton, in partnership with UGA Wire of the USA Today's College Wire Network. What's up, everyone, and welcome in to another off-season episode. Spring football is finally upon us. UGA started spring practice this week, plus the weather here is really starting to warm up. Uh, so excited for that. Plus, we are less than a month away from G-Day, April 17th, which will be awesome. I miss not having G-Day last year. Uh, the crowd won't be as big as usual, though. So UGA Athletics announced the capacity will be about 20%. Uh, like it was last fall. But regardless, it's still good to know we've got a spring game on the way. Um, and oh, and March Madness is here, or so we think. First rounds start Friday. But I think I remember last year, this time, that's when I knew things were serious when the tournament was canceled. I was like, yep, we are going to be locked down for a while. Fast forward a year, and we are back, and it's really refreshing, I think. Um, I hadn't had time to make a bracket, though, and I haven't watched much hoops this year, uh, but the tourney is always fun to watch. I remember it was the best when I was in school because I had my phone, laptop, whatever I could get my hands on that I could sneak in class to, uh, to be able to watch the tourney on my phone. I know that, that March Madness app was the best thing ever. You could stream the, every game live from that. I think it was like free, too, so I think that made March Madness even better even better with just knowing that I was sneaking behind my teacher's back to watch it in class. Didn't get much learning done at that part of the year, uh, but it, it was a lot more fun back then. I feel like now we have less time in college basketball. I feel like it's always on right when I'm busy or, or at work or doing something like that. Uh, but I definitely want to watch the tourney. And I think it's on the weekend. They got some games on Saturday too. They used to be during the week, but now they got games on Saturdays. Uh, so I'll be able to watch some of those. Um, so I'm about to get into some pro day talk. Um, but before I do, we've got some dogs in the NFL news to talk about. So free agency is officially here started Wednesday night, which means players whose contracts are up now officially are off of those teams. Um, so if you're, if you're scheduled as a free agent, you are now not on that team anymore. AJ green is no longer a bingle. So they let his contract expire. Didn't um, didn't extend him, and now he signed a one-year, $8 million deal with the Arizona Cardinals. Another Bulldog free agent is David Andrews, um, who has been with the Patriots since 2015. His contract is up, and according to reports, there are two teams in the mix to sign him, and that's the Patriots and the Miami Dolphins. I'd like to have David on the show sometime for sure. Uh, one of my favorite centers in Georgia football history, but he played well in New England, too. Um, I expect him to start wherever he lands. Um, and then back to back to A.J. Green with the, with the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona is going to be a great team next year. They've got some pieces. They signed J.J. Watt. They've got Chandler Jones on defense, uh, Patrick Peterson. Um, and then, then on offense, they have DeAndre Hopkins, um, who got traded from the Texans last year, of course. And they add A.J. Green. And if Larry Fitzgerald comes back, I mean, that's the one, two, three right there. And Larry, I know Larry's a bit older now, but he's still solid. Um, and he doesn't, he just doesn't drop passes. So they're going to be really good next year. And Kyler Murray, I think, I think played well last year and he's getting better every game, it looks like. So they might be able to do something next year. We'll see. That'd be interesting to watch. 
So let's go ahead and get into some pro day. So a bunch of scouts and coaches, NFL personnel, were all in town to take a look at NFL-bound former Bulldogs. And keep in mind here how important that is for these guys because there is no NFL combine this year. That was canceled. So guys who want to improve their draft stock or, or want to test well in these areas that they think maybe teams want to see them do well in, maybe there's a knock on them. Maybe there's a mobility knock on a player. He wants to show that he's athletic and that he can move well. So I was interested in, in watching Richard LeCount and Ben Cleveland uh, specifically and seeing what they could do to boost their stocks because both guys are really talented and, and played great in Athens, but I think they're being undervalued by teams right now from what I've heard. Cleveland's agility is in question and LeCount is being docked for his speed. Um, I'm just going to break this down by winners and losers from the day. So here are my winners and losers from Georgia's Pro Day, and I'll start with the winners here. And the, the first winner, and he had an awesome day. Um, if you were to rate uh, Georgia's Pro Day by player, it would be Aziz Ojolari um, at the top, number one. Aziz was definitely the biggest name on the ticket, too. I mean, he's he's the first-round pick. So teams were all over his workouts uh, because that's a high-money position, and then teams want to know as much as possible about him. Kirby said, Kirby told the media that um, every team asked about Aziz, and when they did, that's what they wanted to know. Can, what can he play? Can he do this? Can he do that? Is he just a pass rusher? Uh, can he drop in coverage? Um, and he performed really well in his workouts and tested great. He looks great, too. I mean, you can tell he's been working. It looked like he put on some pounds. He ran a 4.640, which is good for his size um, at, at over 250. He looked 260. And he benched 225, 26 times and had a broad jump of 10.7. Um, all elite numbers, uh, and, and most most expected to see some great numbers, uh, but the broad jump and the forty, and even the bench. I mean, they're just great, great numbers, and it only boosted his draft stock even more. My next winner is Ben Cleveland. So I said I thought he was undervalued by teams, and he and he had a big day, and I think it definitely pushed up his stock. Um, he didn't get the bench press record of 50 everybody was talking about. And he had mentioned it that he was gunning for it. And he didn't get there. Ended up with 30 reps, which is still awesome, but kind of disappointing. It's crazy to think when it's disappointing because he's such a big dude. And it's so and, it, and that's so strong to do it 30 times. But it's disappointing still just because we were thinking he'd get to 50. Uh, but if you watch it back, it kind of looks like he might have started too hot and just burnt out. You know, because he started out the gate hot. I'm talking like 100 miles an hour bench press. I'm not, I don't think I've ever seen anybody go that fast, um, except maybe at a random person at Crunch or something like that. But I think he just burnt out there. He didn't get he didn't get the uh, the 50. But I think he the the 40 he ran was awesome. I mean, he ran a 4.8. They tested as a 4.85. I think it was unofficial. Um, I've read several different numbers for, for being Cleveland, but right there at four eight four nine and five zero flat, that's where I saw he was running. And I, I thought that was really good for 350 pounds, a guy who benched 30 reps and then also ran that fast. That was awesome for him. And I think he proved that he can move. That was a knock on him. People didn't know if he could move into that next level um, quick enough. But with that, that four eight four nine, I think that's that's a great, great spot for him to be at. My next winner is Eric Stokes. 
Um, and I have him as a winner here because besides Aziz, Eric had the second best day, I thought. I think teams really got to see just how impressive his athleticism is. I mean, he ran a 4.25 and a 4.29.40, which really just shuts up any doubters. Stokes ran a 40 last week at a former NFL receivers combine event, and he clocked a 4.25. Some people were saying it was a fluke, uh, but not anymore. I mean, Eric also recorded a 38.5 vert and a 10.8 broad jump. Uh, which are awesome numbers. So I think Stokes went from a second-round grade to first. He was already late first to, to second-round grade. Um, and I think he's he's already jumped up to a surefire first-round pick, and he should be, um, just with the, his athleticism. and the. Well, he did, he did say that his ball skills aren't where they should be or not to his level, to his expectations. I don't think he said he performed well in the ball drills. Um, I don't think that's something that's going to keep him from going as early as he as he might, because um, I think he I mean, he had four picks last season, two of them were for touchdown. I think teams saw that. I think teams know that he's working on his ball skills, and that's something that can develop. Also, and he's still such a young player. I mean, just a redshirt junior, so or not redshirt junior, just a junior, just a junior. So he's still young. He's still got time to develop that. But I think he really boosted his draft stock with just showing his speed. As much, and, he, and he's ran what now three forties officially, um, and that that are on TV and film. So teams have that to look at, and he has that in his back in his back pocket. Yeah, I just ran a four two five. What's up? So that's awesome. And then another winner here is Monty Rice. So Rice ran a four six and almost at almost two forty. That's top level time for an inside linebacker. Um, he moved really well in the drills too. So for a guy who played through injuries. His senior season played through pain. To come out and impress on pro day is awesome. So we could see Rice off the board late third round, possibly, uh, with the numbers and tape he's put up. I mean, he just flows to the ball. He's always cleaning up, just a tackling machine. And I think without the injuries, um, he could have showed something great this past season because he was already moving well injured. So we who knows what could have been there. Um and then moving on to my next winner is Tyson Campbell. Speed, speed, speed. That's really it. Stokes and Campbell are so fast. Um, there's there's a reason those two guys have been the unquestioned starting corners. Uh, Tyson ran a 4-3-9 and looked really explosive in drills, too. He, he moved so well. That's the thing about um, these two guys that stick out to me, talking about Stokes and Tyson Campbell, um, the corners. They just they move so fluidly when you watch them on the field. Um, it's it's like it's like they're not you know in cleats on a turf field um, running full speed as as grown men. It looks like they're just moving. It's like poetry almost. Um, and I think that really stands out when teams are looking at athleticism. Right? Um, they want that in the corner. And nowadays, because the ball is in the air so much, cornerbacks it, it's a huge position. I mean, you can look at the NFL and look how guys, look how corners are getting paid. It's only getting more. I mean, it's running backs are getting paid less. Cornerbacks are getting paid more. That's just how the league's going. And I, so I think it's really important for those guys to show that, um, that they could they can move like that. And the, and the ball skills also, I think Tyson did really well in those drills. Um, now, he's actually rated above Stokes, rated as a late first, early second guy, Um he was highly touted already, but I think he really established himself as a sure pick now um, after teams were able to come see him in person. 
because that's what we haven't seen. And just his measurables stand out so, so much. So I think we could even see, I mean, if things go well and, and, the, and like the athleticism that they showed, if that sticks in teams' minds and stays, you know, they are, their tape shows that. So if, if teams can recognize that, um, I think we, we could see Stokes and Campbell both go first round. So that would be, that'd be really awesome to see two Georgia DBs go in the first round. Uh, but we'll see. I think he'll at most drop maybe to the late second round. Um, if he goes any more than that, there's, there's an issue, I think. And my last winner here is Mark Webb. So Mark needed a big day as a guy who's not projected to be drafted, and he came out and performed well, I think. I mean, well, not even well, just really good. I mean, he's 36-5 vert, 11-4 broad jump. And then that, that broad jump was the biggest of the day um, out of everybody, and he ran a 4-5. And, and as a bigger DB, I really think that's a solid time uh, to run at a 4 5 six. Really, it really makes him stand out a little bit more, and I think his draft stock definitely went up um, from his performance yesterday. And he might even we we could see him go in the late round now. You know, I w- that wouldn't surprise me. Kind of like Tay Crowder uh, last year, I didn't expect to see him go, Mister Relevant last pick. I didn't expect to see him go at all, but his athleticism really stood out, and and the teams took him. And that's what you have to. I think that's what it is. And the late rounds, uh, teams are, teams will take a chance on guys. If they're athletic and they and they come from a great football background, and Mark Webb does, um, so losers here, and I only have one loser, Richard LeCount. Um, don't get me wrong; he didn't do anything to kill his draft stock. I don't think. I don't think he killed anything. Um, I don't think it was. A, it's a big issue to where teams are like, you know, I'm not going to draft him now. They were thinking about it. Not for like for sure. No, no. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, he was able to show. He's okay after the motorcycle crash last fall, yes. Uh, but he ran a four seven nine, and as a guy who was tabbed as a bit slow for his position already, I don't think that cleared that stigma up in teams' perspectives. Like who knows? That's just what we think the teams are thinking there um, from what we reports we've seen and read. But the thing about LeCount is his tape is great, and he's a fantastic leader. So a team will take a chance on him either way, I think, just because off tape and his personality and the great things that Kirby has to say about him. Uh, but I thought if he had ran in the 4-5 range, it would have been huge for him. If he would have, I, I could see him go you know, in the third round or maybe even sooner. Uh, but now I'm, I'm not expecting to see him go until mid or late. If teams were smart, I think they'd take him early because, again, his play on the field is great. It's, but it's not all about the 40, you know, but teams like to see those numbers. They like to have them um, to look at and to know, hey, I for sure have a player here. So those are my winners and losers from the day. Um, I did leave a few players out because I just think they were neutral. I don't think anything changed. I don't think they did anything that stood out um, that we didn't expect to see. Trey McKitty, DJ Daniel. Trey Hill and Malik Herring. Herring, who didn't participate because he's still recovering from a torn ACL. But I think these guys tested as expected. Um, I'm expecting McKitty and Hill to go mid to late rounds. And I haven't seen anyone have Daniel or Herring going on draft night. So I expect him to sign after the draft, um, which, by the way, is April 30th. So not that far away now. Um, but yeah, that, that's my pro day review. Thanks for listening, everyone. Let me know whose draft stock you think went up the most 
I'm on Twitter at J underscore Shelton, and we are at UGA Football Live on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Please rate, subscribe, and review, and of course, check us out at UGAWire.com, covering Georgia football, baseball, and hoops for the USA Today. And we've got everything you need to stay caught up on Georgia football. That's UGAWire.com. That's the show, everyone. Short and sweet. Have a blessed week, and let's get after it. Planning on another former Bulldog joining the show next week. But until then, go dogs. Tyler Simmons was on sides. Tiger makes a stew out of me.